Welcome to the UX Podcast, where we learn how to turn a rockstar business into a UX machine. UX introduces a simple formula for personal and business growth based around one principle. We can't solve big, valuable problems alone. Starting with this principle, UX equips and empowers us to pour ourselves into people and systems, scale authentically, and create a life of exponential freedom and impact. And now, let's get started with the latest episode of the UX Podcast. Hey, what's up, Rockstars? This is Matt Johnson. We are back with another episode of the UX Podcast. We have a great guest with us. David Bain is here, and we're talking all about digital courses. Among other things, we're also going to talk about how to get into the world of podcasting, live streaming, even to the point of hosting your own online summit. David has a summit coming up with 120 digital marketing experts. Then that summit's going to be turned into a book. He kind of breaks down the process of how to get into that and what that looks like later on in the conversation. But up front, we talk with David about digital courses and what he's seeing um, and why he believes that for most experts, especially solopreneurs, it is much better for us to give away free courses to demonstrate our credibility and authority and lead people to a productized service than it is to try to sell a digital course. And I would tend to agree with him on that. Uh, we talk about what he's seeing in the world of digital courses and uh, and how that affects us and, and what it takes to really stand out, what it takes to build a digital marketing course, not only that works and gets results, but stands out in the marketplace. So if you don't know David, uh, if you're just not maybe in his realm, he's the host of Digital Marketing Radio, which a lot of you are probably familiar with, maybe even have been a guest of David's on his show. Uh, it's a great podcast to check out. It's also live stream. And uh, he's also the head of digital marketing courses at Avado. David's been involved in creating and selling digital online courses for, I think, since 2007, uh, even to the point where one of his courses, one of his first ones was uh, produced on DVD. Uh, so we joke around about that in the conversation. So David's been at this game a long time. He's seen everything. He's been through everything. He's created it all, sold it all. Uh, and so we really go deep on courses and what, what, uh, you know, some of the things that you can learn. Uh, David has a course out there on Udemy that's had 66,000 students come in. He got invited into their business program. So some of you may have actually gone through one of David's courses on Udemy. Uh, we talk about just-in-time learning and the thing that people are really looking for most out of courses today. So phenomenal conversation. I can't wait for you to hear it. If you're at all interested in taking your expertise, your knowledge, and your creativity and packaging it up in some way into something that's digital, scalable, and residual, as my friend Max Trailer would like to say, uh, make sure to listen to this episode because it will give you cause for pause on exactly what it's going to take to stand out in the marketplace of courses if you decide to go that direction, or if you want to use courses as a free giveaway or lead magnet to lead them to a productized service. All right. So without further ado, let's jump into the conversation with David. So David, officially welcome to the UX podcast. Hi, Matt. It's great to be on with you. Thanks for asking me. Yeah, I'm, I'm super excited for the conversation because you have uh, an incredible experience. I went through that a little bit in the introduction, but um, these days, what do you tell people that you do? That is a tough question. Um, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's a combination of things and I guess it depends who I'm actually talking to. Generally, I produce digital marketing courses, but I also host podcasts. I host online summits as well and help people with their digital marketing strategies. Yeah. And what's interesting, it will, we will hopefully get to this uh, towards the end of the conversation, but you're turning your online summit, which you've got coming up uh, into a book and you expect that book to sell really well. We're going to talk about kind of how you're packaging that. Sure. But uh, tell me a little bit about the course or the coursework that you've done, because you've been involved in producing courses, creating and selling courses for what, 10 plus years? 
Yeah, the the first online course I produced and sold was back in 2007. And that was actually from a seminar that I delivered back then. And funnily enough, it wasn't, um, actually the second one wasn't truly an online version. I produced it as DVDs and sold that because the very first one I did in 2007 had real challenges with uh, getting people to be able to actually even watch video effectively online uh, through my own video player. So I thought, the internet's not quite ready for that yet. Let's go back to DVDs, then maybe online courses after that. <laughs> okay. Um, and what are what are you seeing out there? Because we're we're chit chatting before we turn the recording on, and uh, and you have a you know you have a certain viewpoint in terms of like what might be best for people who are selling their expertise, right? If you're an individual solopreneur, especially if you're delivering a service, there's a lot of them out there that go, you know, I would love to take my service and productize it into a digital course. Uh, and sell it and and look at that. And they're looking at that as like a profit pillar, you know, Absolutely, yeah. for their business. Um, but I don't think you see it quite like that. What are, what are you seeing in digital courses? It can be, but the quantity of courses out there right now is just quite incredible. Uh, the quality is quite incredible as well. People know what they're doing now in terms of producing quality video, producing quality audio, and really producing an incredible experience that mirrors and matches the kind of experience that you would get from something like Netflix. So the challenge that an individual has, a small business owner has, to produce that kind of quality, that kind of engaging course, is it's, it's quite significant. So in general, I would say for a small business owner, for an agency, do you really want to shift so much and produce your own course and something that you haven't actually done before when you can perhaps use it as an incredible lead magnet, as a great way to let people more aware of your agency, of your products, exactly what you do as a business. So I would if you haven't done a course before, strongly suggest at least for the first one, releasing it free of charge and to see what kind of interaction you get as a result of doing that. And perhaps you can do a paid version at some point after that, but I wouldn't necessarily say that should be the first uh, port of call. Okay. And, and I would tend to agree with that uh, for a lot of reasons. Uh, definitely the, you know, the availability of other stuff that's out there is a big part of that. So what do you think, um, you know, what, like what catches your eyes nowadays when it comes to courses, you know, in terms of, um, you know, you can only raise your video and audio quality so much until you hit that diminishing point of return. So if you can differentiate on that, what can you differentiate on? You can. And me as someone that actually studies courses or becomes a student of courses, what catches my eye is precisely what interests me at that moment in time. It used to be, 10, 15 years ago, you know, voraciously, I would attempt to learn as much as possible about digital marketing and anything to do with digital marketing. Now I look at the trends and technologies that I want to use over the coming year or two and look at courses that are specifically about that, that will increase my abilities to do something with what I want to do over the next few months. All right. So shifting to just-in-time learning. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Now, definitely deeper and even more, maybe more tactical is a better way to say that. So it sounds like you started off consuming almost everything you could that was both tactical and strategic, just like big picture. And then now you really want to get down to the nitty gritty. I want to accomplish X, Y, and Z. I want a course that shows me exactly how to do that. 
Exactly. I'm the kind of person that is quite tactical. So I guess the majority of courses that I consumed in the past were fairly tactical. But for instance, one course I'm doing at the moment is a course on chatbots, uh, specifically on Mobile Monkey, because I've signed up and I'm using that as a platform to power my chatbot. So I want to know as much as possible about using that effectively. I feel that that's a medium that people aren't really leveraging yet. You've got a very small percentage of businesses that really have a chatbot. And if they do, they probably don't don't know how to use it correctly. So I want to study as much as I can about that and do as good a job as possible about that. So what's it, when, when you dive into a digital course, especially when you're making them from, from the perspective of, of your work with Avado and stuff like that, how do you make a course more closely mirror what you could do if you were taking that person by the hand and helping them develop skills almost either in a, a classroom setting or a one-on-one -on -one kind of apprenticeship setting. How do you get a course to kind of emulate some of those qualities that actually help people get genuinely better results? It's quite challenging to do from a purely online perspective. Uh, what Avado does, as you mentioned, is take people generally through cohorts. So you've got a group of people that go through the course. Okay. Uh, they have an opportunity to interact with each other and they have different learning styles as part of that whole course as well. So to begin with, you might have a nice live webinar introducing everyone, getting people to interact a lot. You've got a community built in there as well. You've gone the, then got some bite-sized bite training. You've got some articles within their infographics. You've got a mix of different uh, learning styles. And you may even have some kind of face-to-face -face session built in as part of that process, depending on um, the company and the location of the people doing the courses. So Ideally, you'd mix things up a bit. You'd appreciate different learning styles and um, you'd, you'd incorporate the reasons why as well as the tactics in there. Interesting. So what is, what is the course of, uh, of two years from now or five years from now look like? Wow. Okay. Well, <laughs> two years from now, five years from now. Well, I think um, to begin with, I think what I would need to do is reflect on what I would want to be doing or the technologies that are up and coming. Uh, I mentioned chatbots. Obviously, AI uh, is up and coming as well. Yeah. Um, at the moment, for instance, with AI, um, I do a lot of podcasting. I'm interested in transcription of podcasts. Yeah. I think generally uh, AI isn't good enough yet to deliver a decent enough transcription for a podcast at the moment. You're probably looking at 85% accuracy at the moment. I think realistically in that kind of time frame that you mentioned, um, AI-powered transcription services are going to be good enough. So perhaps that's something that I would like to look into and leverage as much as possible in, in, in the business in the future in some way. Yeah. Yeah. I'm keeping a very close eye on that too. Um, you know, in, in our work producing podcasts, we obviously want our clients to get the best SEO bang for the buck, so to speak. And right now the transcription ends up being more expensive for them to do, to get it right than it is for us to write like a show notes article for them. But yeah, yeah I, I fully expect that to flip, you know, anywhere from two to five years, which would be nice because then our clients get more SEO juice out of the same work that they're doing. Exactly. Uh, and you but, but, but by then, search engines will probably be <laughs> clever enough to listen to the audio of the podcast or the video and mm -hmm. uh, understand exactly what's being discussed anyway. So will a transcription be required? <laughs> That's a good question. It's a very good question. Um, so you mentioned the chatbots. And one of the questions I always like to ask you know, people is what, what are some of the, what's the one system that you've put into your business uh, that's given you the most freedom? Well, 
at the moment, it's, it's, it's lovely to uh, leverage things a little bit. And at the moment, I'm utilizing chatbots on my landing page, digitalmarketingradio.com. And that is the landing page for an upcoming online summit that I'm hosting with 120 digital marketers. Um, it's a, a bit of a crazy event, but it's, it's a wonderful automated sequence. Um, but I think the secret to automation is you need to make it personal. You need to have people enjoy it. It's, it's, it's not just something that it should come across as being robotic. So I've got a chat bot, but I share lots of um, different funny gifts and celebrate when people you know, share their email address to share a, a calendar invite. And um, I have a little bit of fun with people as well. And um, I think the, the calendar invite system um, that I've got in there is a, is a very nice way of, of getting um, an email address and more information from people without people feel feeling, oh, what's this person going to do um, by passing on um, my personal information to them? I think you have to give a valid reason why you're actually asking information from people. And a lot of mm -hmm. businesses, especially probably B2B businesses, could learn from that. And there's a lot of long form on their, uh, on their websites, um, seven or eight different fields long. You know, what's your address? What's and no your... one will ever fill out. <laughs> then, yeah. Exactly, yes. And um, I wouldn't want to, to think what the conversion rates could be, but slight tangent there. Mm -hmm. No, I, 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 what's interesting is I, I've got a, um, I don't recall who it was that I just interviewed here within the last week or so. I think it may have been on, on another show, but they're talking about how chatbots might replace those landing pages. So the questions that we wish people would answer, we may be able to break those up into a chatbot sequence and still get the information that we want. But instead of asking for it up front in a long landing page, we can just ask for a conversational style through the chatbot. And then at some sure. point, the chatbot turns that conversation over to a human being when you have enough information to get them to the right person to follow up on the lead. So I think there's a lot of th cool things coming down the pipeline with chatbots. Absolutely. And Facebook would be quite happy if um, every business out there just used their platform and didn't, didn't have a website oh, at all. Wouldn't, <laughs> they, wouldn't they love that? <laughs> yeah. we, won't, we won't talk about what they'll do with all that information, but I'm sure it'd be only the purest of intentions. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So you've got your chatbot hooked in to the point where somebody can opt in and yeah. Uh, and, I, and I also use a tool called Zapier. Uh, yeah. I, and Zapier, I find absolutely wonderful. That's an API integration platform where any of these up-and-coming marketing technology companies um, integrate their specific services with Zapier. So, mm -hmm. for instance, you know, if you have um, an email marketing service provider that, and, and you want to take details, take information from that into Google Sheets, or you've got your chatbots and you want to take it across into your um, email software, you can do that. You can link up with your CRM. There's so many different things you can do with that. And um, I think it's a lovely value for money way of doing it. I'm not particularly a funny, uh, a fan of um, massive um, uh, software programs that attempt to do everything for you. You, you have I, I won't name any at the moment, right. but, but you, you have, you know, big um, software companies that attempt to do absolutely everything. And the way I think is that you can't be an expert at everything. So I would rather get um, a specialist software company that is very good at certain things and then link them up together using Zapier. Yeah, yeah, that's that. That's exactly how I feel. I, I know we could probably name off some, and the founders would be very offended. But I, I completely agree. It's, it's. I think it's unrealistic, borderline. Uh, misleading, yeah, to, be, to, to believe that a software can be the best at more than one function. 
Sure. So yeah, I love, we love Zapier. We use Zapier here in the business, uh, which is, which is awesome. And, uh, basically you're using it to save time on opt-in all the way to scheduling. So people are actually getting email invites and added to your calendar to show up to, to check out the summit live. Right. Great. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Exactly. And so, um, I, I, the calendar invite is quite interesting because I'm using that for guests um, as well as people, are, like, so, sorry, for viewers as well as guests that are taking part. Um, so I think it's, it's an experiment that I'm, that I'm doing at the moment. But my feeling is that if I can add my event to people's calendars to, to watch as opposed to just um, opt them into my email and then let them know when I go live, I think the show up rate will be so much higher. Oh, hundred percent agree. Yeah. Yeah. I hear that's, that would not surprise me at all. I think it'd be a huge bump. Um, so, uh, so that's a one-time, uh, kind of system that will save you, you know, a lot of time because you're, you're going to keep on doing these summits. This is not the first summit that you've run. So let's talk about that for a second. Cause you're taking the summit that's going to be turned into a book and it's not even yeah. your, it's not your first summit or your first book. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so what's the strategy? Where does, uh, where does the online summit and the book fit into you know, David Bain's business? Well, I think it starts earlier. I think it actually starts with an audio podcast because you have to get comfortable um, with these skills. And if you attempt to just jump into hosting an online summit with um, 20, 50, 100, whoever guests um, who are coming on, um, you're not going to manage that, um, or it's highly likely you're not going to manage that, um, or certainly not as well as someone who uh, is experienced in, in, in different areas. So I, I tend to suggest uh, or break down um, my process and, and suggest the same thing to other people. So starting off with an audio podcast and mastering being able to speak effectively into a microphone, knowing what microphone to select to begin with, and um, just to be able to do that well, to uh, enunciate yourself well, uh, to not say too many ums and ahs and all those kinds of things. I'm not perfect. Nobody's absolutely perfect, but I'm certainly better than I was two or 300 podcast episodes ago. Uh, number two, um, then I suggest people to move on to recording the audio as live. So with intros, outros, and bumpers within the show itself. I have my iPod um, that I have that, um, my iPad, sorry, that, that, that comes into my uh, digital audio recorder and everything's done live. So I don't have to edit in my intro or my outro or other tracks afterwards. And that saves me a lot of time. It makes me more comfortable with, do, with spinning a few plates, uh, plates at the same time. Yeah. Uh, number three, um, I, I then suggest people to move on to doing a pre-recorded video show. So not doing live streaming quite yet, just getting comfortable with looking into the camera, um, mastering video at the same time as audio, uh, looking at your backdrop and um, just testing a few things out there before moving on to live streaming live streaming your show. And then by the time you do that, you will have done perhaps 50 episodes. And then with that, 50 episodes, you've probably interviewed quite a few people and those are the people that you can get on to a summit and hosting a summit. Um, so it's all a natural process for me. And of course, when you do your summit, you get so many people sharing great content, you can make that content into a book. Yeah. And uh, that's awesome. Uh, the the one part of that that I skipped was the audio as live, and I know what you mean because I, I, I you know with your show you can tell you can you can you can see you doing it and you mm. can see you triggering the cues and things like that. Uh, that's the one part of it I never got into. Uh, we always did our show. We went straight from uh, well, what's funny was we went straight from webinars live on YouTube to podcasting. 
So we were actually, so, so I've been podcasting for almost four years and it started off as live streaming. I went straight into the deep end for whatever crazy reason, <laughs> worked my way back to podcasting and, and pre-recorded videos and, uh, and then even some, some, uh, audio only podcasts. I literally went backwards, um, and never, but never did try the, the audio as live with the external mixer and, and cues and things like that you can you can do it that way but i think the key is to recognize the the, the different um, elements you have going on there and mm. attempt to to master them i see a lot of videos produced now that have very poor quality audio and mm. that is very frustrating i think a lot of people switch on a, a youtube video and press play if it's if, if it's decent um training content and they'll walk away and they'll, they'll, they'll keep on consuming the content in audio format and yes. if your audio is pretty poor people are going to you know skip on to the next one no that's very true uh all right so you finish off so you've got you go from podcast all the way to online summit you've got all this amazing content you develop the interview skills now where what is the what do you what do you think of as an online summit uh, when you look at the function of that within a business, what purpose does that serve? So is it, is it strictly a list building? Do you look at it as a, that? Is it a relationship builder with the people that you're interviewing? Like how does it fit into the flow? I don't think it's, it's strictly anything um, individually. I think you must um, look at your business and see what kind of outcome that you wish to desire from that. I think it's highly likely if it's done correctly that you will have many more subscribers. You have people opt in to watch the content. You may have an option to actually sell the content afterwards, of course. If people um, don't actually catch you live, then you have the option to, to sell that. You can you'll continue having that available and, and that may be a good um, content marketing opportunity just by itself without actually selling that. Mm -hmm. um, but, but generally uh, it's brand awareness and uh, it's positioning yourself as um, a figure of trust, uh, as an authority within your industry. And it's building that reputation with your audience, obviously. But I, I, I think one of the most important things is actually the authority and the relationships that you build with people in your industry. Mm. The main benefit, I think, by far that I've um, managed to, to, to get out of my podcasting is the quality of relationships um, that I make with my guests. Mm. Because if I go to a networking event, I maybe could have a couple of minutes with people. I'm not going to have a quality conversation and it's highly unlikely that I'll pick the right person to have that right conversation with. If I host a podcast, I can select who I interview, who I'm personally interested in building a relationship with and finding out more about and have an opportunity uh, to demonstrate um, my abilities and knowledge as well as actually learn from them. And then after that, um, hopefully we'll do something else together in the future. I've done that with over 500 people now, and that's why I can host these massive online events and go to people if I need something or would, would like something in the future. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, brand awareness, authority, relationships. Um, I, that's That's been one of the the best uh, initially unintended consequences, but now now more strategic uh, is, is, yeah, using podcasting as, I mean, to me, podcasting seems to be taking over as the new networking and then the in-person yeah. almost reinforces the relationships that you build during podcasts, which is awesome. Absolutely. Um, you, should, you should podcast without actually intending anyone to hear it. Uh, with just having that one-to-one -one conversation yeah. and you know if no one listened to it you should still get enough value from it to make it extremely worthwhile 
That's so true. It's funny because I've never heard anyone else, but I like, I've mentioned that before to clients that that's the ideal or when I, when I think about who my ideal client is, I've said that to myself, I've never heard anyone else articulate that out loud, that podcasts should be just the relationship that you form with the guest should be valuable enough. Even if nobody's listening, it's hilarious. (laughs) Love it. Okay. So I've got one final question for you before we do uh, make sure to tell people where to go. First of all, to check out the online summit, but also just to kind of get into your world and, and keep track with and keep connected. Sure. Sure. Um, it would be lovely to hear from anyone. The homepage for my online summit is digitalmarketingradio.com and it'll be held from the 3rd to the 7th of December, 2018. Perfect. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So final question, going back to your earliest days doing digital courses and things like that, you're still, you're still doing that. So deep into that world. Uh, looking back now, what do you think was that key skill or attribute that you have that kind of led you in that direction and and maybe was uh, responsible for some of the success that you had? I think to begin with, what probably held me back was trying to be a perfectionist at everything and trying to figure out how how everything worked before going ahead and doing it. Mm. And I'm not saying that um, I wish I would have just done everything without looking into it at all. But I think there's a certain element of, you mentioned it earlier on, Matt's just-in-time learning that you, you have to try and engage in. And if you can figure out um, what you want to do over the coming few months and the knowledge that you need to gain um, in order to do that and learn that first of all and then dive into doing what you did, um, that, that's probably the biggest learning that I've had and the biggest improvement that I've made over the last few years. Yeah, it's tough to balance. Uh, I know I'm a perfectionist by nature and I've had to learn that same lesson too. It's it's a hard one uh, because it's a hard balance. Uh, and anyone that leans toward that direction probably feels like any any drifting off of that perfectionism ends up you know, you, the perception is there's lower quality, right? And you're putting a lower quality product out there or your follow-up isn't, isn't as good. And uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of a tough limiting belief to overcome, but it's absolutely crucial. Like if it, it will hold you back uh, and, and things just flat out don't get done if you don't get over yeah. that mentality. So exactly. Yeah. David, appreciate it. This is awesome. Really appreciate the conversation and sharing just about the systems and kind of what you're building over there. We really appreciate the time. Thank you so much. Great to be on with you, Matt. Now, I believe that clarity releases energy. So I hope that this episode creates clarity for you by laying out a path forward in your business. Now, if you're interested in starting a podcast like this to help you break into a new industry or to establish yourself as an authority in a niche market, let's talk. We have a complete done for you podcasting service. Uh, That is my agency that I'm building and growing. And I'd love to talk to you about what we can potentially do for you. You can learn more at pursuingresults.com to get a sense of what our service is all about. And if you're ready, if you're really seriously thinking about starting a podcast, I'm happy to brainstorm your ideas and talk about the positioning of your podcast within the market, something that you can take away whether we end up working together or not. So you can grab a time on my calendar for a podcast brainstorm call at bookjohnson.com. That is bookjohnson.com. I just want to thank you again for listening to the show, for leaving us a rating and a review on iTunes and more importantly, for investing your time, your energy, your attention into the show. It really means the world to me that you would do that. So again, this is the UX podcast where we learn how to turn a rockstar business into a UX machine and we'll see you on the next episode.